Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Off The Charts Podcast with me, Maria Coughlin. And me, Brino Gasolin. Hi, it's me. And the problem, it's me. <laughs> Don't take the piss out of pop royalty. Oh, what a stupid song. Who even sings that? I don't even know if that's a song. <laughs> she's, just, she's just some small town girl called Taylor Swift. I don't even think anyone likes her anyways, no. <laughs> As I wave ferociously down the camera. <laughs> We should get her on the podcast. We should. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. No. Um, I'm busy that day. Um, wash my hair. You wash your hair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got there every morning. Uh, so, welcome to episode number 10. You're probably going to wonder what the bingo term for number 10 is, because this is kind of becoming a thing now. Yeah, no, honestly, fill me in, because I never I never look into this. I actually think this is your little baby. <laughs> I like bingo it. Baby. Uh, number 10 is, in brackets... Prime Minister's name and then followed by Din. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. So is uh, who's your man that's Prime Minister? Uh, Rishi uh, Sunak. Yeah, Rishi, Rishi Sunak. Sunak. Yeah. So number 10, Rishi Sunak's Din. Why, why are these English? Uh, like, why can't oh, it be, really why, can't it be why can't it be number 10, Dustin the Turkey on the Din? Why can't, why can't we Irish it up a bit? Oh, I really wish we had something like that for Ireland. Number 10, Miggledy Higgins dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I just started thinking about Dustin Trucky. Do you remember when he was on uh, the Eurovision? Yeah, and do you remember when he used to record albums and stuff? Like he used to bring out like, um, I wonder how, I wonder why. <laughs> In the blue, blue sky. Oh, we'll try and get him to see. collaborate with Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, or there just get, him, get him on the pod, yeah. Or just don't get him and just get dinner. <laughs> Up and coming artist, Justin the Turkey. Uh, he's well cooked at this stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it anyway. Who did we have on the episode this week? Yes, so for this week's episode, episode 10, we were very lucky to catch up with Keen Godfrey of Somebody's Child. Of Somebody's Child? Okay, Keen Godfrey, whose stage name is Somebody's Child. There we go. There he is somebody's child. He I know he has a band. Child. I know no, he has really, a band. No, really, he I... actually is somebody's child. Jeez, it hopes so anyway. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, we were absolutely thrilled to to get speaking to him, and he was actually in the middle of a tour, so we were delighted that he actually was able to take time to chat to us. But Keen is honestly, he's just gone from strength to strength, isn't he? Like the first time that I saw Keen was during I think it was like Ireland Music Week of uh 2019 uh so just before COVID hit and I was blown away by him he's uh like an indie rock or indie pop artist and oh the music it's oh his songs are just so catchy and yeah they just like he goes from music that you want to like mosh to in a mosh pit (laughs) to like other music that you just want to like bop down the street to do you know like it, it doesn't need he's a really good mix yeah, and his lyrics are so profound. Like, he's such a talented songwriter. He could be writing about deep personal issues for one song and then another song would be kind of like a politically charged song. And then there's just other songs that are, as you just said, you just want to, there's energy in him and you just want to mosh around the place. It's yeah. just unbelievable. And his voice is so distinctive as well. You'd, you'd, so if, if you hear it anyway, you're like, oh, that's key. Instantly, yeah. And actually, funnily enough that you say that, I uh, at the time that I was going to see his gig in Ireland Music Week, um, I was being sent uh, as part of this sort of gig reviewing 
stint that I was doing and I was asked who did I want to go see and uh, I've had this list to choose from and I went down through it and I kind of listened to everybody and I was like right who do I want and uh, when I got to the song the song was Distance at the time um, I hadn't known that the song was by somebody's child I just knew the song and I instantly recognised the voice and I was like I don't even care who this artist is. I was like, I'm going to see them. And then I obviously saw that it was somebody's child. So yeah, he's a very, very distinctive voice and um, so powerful, like a really kind of a raspy sound. Unbelievable. I think the first time I, like I was so lucky enough to have seen Keen play, I want to say about six or seven times now since 2020. Uh, first time I saw him, I actually went up to the Tree Arena uh, with a friend to see uh, Kaiser Chiefs and Rays like were co-headlining. And somebody child were actually the first people on. So they were on early enough in, in the evening. And I remember, I, I kind of knew the name. And I was like, I know them. And you know, I, I wasn't too, um, I didn't really know too much about them because they'd only released, I think, a couple of songs at that stage. But I heard, as I was walking in the door, I heard them playing Jungle. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. That is unbelievable. And I actually ran in. Yeah. And they were unbelievable. They were so, so good. Amazing stage presence as well. Oh, absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Like I, yeah. I had the good fortune there a couple of weeks ago of uh, going to see him play in Dolan's. So they were playing upstairs in Dolan's and it was sold out and I just couldn't get over the energy in the place. I think yeah. Keen nearly commands that energy when he gets on stage because he's so serious and he's so into his own music yeah. and just trying to get the energy from the crowd. The crowd are just so into it and they're invested and it's it's a to and fro and it's it was just oh mind blown. Amazing. So we caught up with Keen and we first started out by asking him about the concept of one of his latest music videos for the single I Need You. So um yeah, I guess for we've we've done kind of emotional videos before and, and, and they have fit their time and place and I still love the one from before the week of Start a War one, but it was it was really interesting. I think I wanted to do something a bit different and a bit more lighthearted. And um, it was initially actually a different idea. We wanted to get juxtaposed kind of characters and, and their hobbies. So say like a, a builder doing ballet and 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 um, so that 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 found itself quite difficult to to come to, to to actually find people to you know it really depended on the subjects that we got. But um, I was working with a director a few videos ago and we kept in touch and he was actually in school in the year ahead of me and um, lives over here in London and we've kind of been chatting about ideas and. He brought that up and I'm not sure if you've seen the album artwork, but there's a car in it and it's my my mate's uh, Toyota Sora and, you know, really, really nice Japanese import. And him and my other mate are big into drifting and um, they told me that I think Ireland has like per capita the most amount of Japanese imports in the world. So it's a massive like, I don't know if that's 100% true, but I'm going to pretend you <laughs> We'll say it's true. <laughs> I've proved checked, and yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty sure it is. And and uh, if it's not, it's still a massive, massive subculture. So it was a really interesting day because I'd never been a part of it. And usually my car at home is, is to get me from A to B, you know. So it was, uh, it was a different experience for me that that um, was just really fun to to get to to experience, you know. And, and obviously, it was a bit like slow on the day, unfortunately, because the nature of these cars they break down every two minutes and that's kind of why you have them so, but uh there was loads of scrapped cars that were just sitting there by the racetrack and the, the lads were just like robbing parts out of them and putting them in their cars <laughs> and were you but not like how were you speeding were you not breaking it it was it was on a course like so the so i i trust that the lads were were you know experienced enough to 
it's around and, and it's like a figure eight. So you kind of just keep going around. So um, it was quite, it's quite exhilarated, but it was go, it was like you're shooting as soon as you had it because it was raining on the day. So we're trying to make use of that all the time we had. So, um, but yeah, I, after three or four takes, I just felt so car sick. So I was just trying <laughs> <laughs> But you look so like, yeah, yeah, honestly, I was like, whoa, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I, I see the thing was, I actually felt so carsick. I was like, I just need to keep focused on the same point, which is the camera. And uh, and then it came out like that. So everyone was saying that there was like, how do you keep her cool? And I was like, I have no, I have no idea. It was just more so to stop, stop myself from trying to get six. You, you won't, you won't go out buying a drift car anytime soon. So <laughs> it's my, no, I mean, by the end of it, one of the cars was broken and the wheel had like come off its axis and came out the side of the car and the lads were all just like, sort of round it laughing and stuff. And I was like, how are you not more upset? Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> you paid so much money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's part of the part of the game for them. It's a huge investment. Like it's, it's crazy the amount of money you can bump into it. Like, but yeah, uh, you know, I I got to experience it for a day. If I if I'm ever out with my mates now next time, I'll hopefully give it a go. And and um, it's one of those ones you probably feel more comfortable driving yourself, but then be iffy enough on the first one. Yeah, and so then just very quickly to the the actual like you know the theme of the song or the lyrics of the song you mentioned there about like the the builder doing ballet like where did you think that the two linked together so the drifting and the, and the lyrics I, I, I can't take credit for that that was actually the same producer's original idea so that was that was uh that was not myself but um yeah lyrically the song for me is like uh just just very kind of light-hearted and, and youthful and um yeah i i have this kind of chronic fear of getting older and i don't know where it comes from but um, I try and battle it quite a lot, but it often comes out, you know, in a in the in the theme of you know time or time left or nostalgia in my songs, and and um, this is kind of a quintessential track in that respect. But it also is kind of tied into the narrative of of kind of young love and and um, and yeah, just I, I guess a, a need for for something, whatever whatever that may be, and you know, I kind of leave that open to interpretation. So dr- drifting is a little bit like a Dublin Peter Pan's dream, just. Heading yeah. out with the lads <laughs> in the car. Um, yeah. And then you mentioned there about We Could Start a War. I genuinely wanted to talk about that as well. Like, it's such a, like an edgy, sort of gritty film. It's it's really, really cool. And again, really illustrates perfectly the message behind the song. Like, it's seen, I, I, I've read somewhere that you love movies. Like, how involved were you in the planning of that that video were you in like was there a storyboard what what was the process like no i'd love to say that i was involved in that one um no that that was actually we we looked for a few people and uh we found this this crowd they were actually uk based and i was a little bit concerned that they wouldn't maybe have the same experience of dublin and therefore not maybe hit, hit it on the spot but i think they just had so much confidence coming in and something about the british accent maybe just makes them seem a little bit more legit than than a few punters going up there. <laughs> <laughs> the lads and asking them if they can take shots of them but um yeah funny story actually about that i think there was a there was they got like a horse and carriage and, and there was two lads sitting up there and they um they got one of their mates to like pop up and he like asked for another tenor as well just being the shots they got like <laughs> and taking for, total advantage the lads were all getting tenors off <laughs> to um, take care yeah but uh, yeah, really, really powerful video, and and it was it was quite uh, timely for me because I was leaving Dublin at the time, and uh, as I say, kind of a bittersweet relationship with not the place itself, which I love, or the people in it, 
but maybe the the you know what what's going on for me as a as a person my age trying to live there at the moment and and um and also yeah creatively just just having having done my time there i guess and uh so it was quite quite like an ode to to you know it made me reflect a lot on on the time that that i i had there now i'm back every couple of weeks so like i need to get over it but um yeah <laughs> that'll happen yeah, with time don't worry <laughs> Um, I just want to touch on your your debut album coming out this year, um, self-titled Somebody's Child, uh, eleven tracks, combination of old and new material. So, just from somebody who doesn't know anything about it, what can we expect from the album in terms of the overall theme and subject matter? Um, I think it's it's essentially a, a culmination. The thing is about debut albums, it's it's your best material up until that point for the most part but it had been so long and we hadn't released one in in you know in the time that we probably would have wanted to originally uh, partly because of covid and, and external factors and and just wanted to do it properly but uh so it's kind of a mixture of like wanting to get you know our best tracks and the ones that stand so the test of time i suppose in the three that we re-recorded and also um kind of tied together as well so it's kind of halfway between a first album in my head and a second album in that sense that it's a little bit more calculated because we did have so much time to think about it and put it together and um, but uh without putting too much you know um too many words on it i think it's yeah essentially i i use i use music as a therapy and and um, these songs are essentially my journal so it's uh it's it's all sides of my personality and not just the ones that i i was putting out beforehand because I, I just never had the opportunity to put some slow songs or more intimate songs on records because people associate you with a certain style. And then I guess maybe you lean into it, but also you, you think that that's kind of maybe part of the brand or whatever, but this is, I guess the full, um, the full, you know, scope spectrum. of my, yeah, spectrum of my personality. And, um, and yeah, cause you know, as a songwriter, you have very, various different influences and you feel different from the start of the day to the end. So, it's um it's it's refreshing to be able to to introduce some some new sounds and also um i guess put an end to that to that chapter but but do so in a way that that you know is is pays respect to to the songs that are in it yeah i like the way you said there you you don't like being i suppose put into a genre put into a box because that's what everyone is going to expect from you going forward so you've a lot of as you said slow songs you've a lot of upbeat songs you've a lot of gritty songs different kind of songs so in terms of the two eps that you've uh, released in the past you said yourself there about kind of re-recording um some songs and putting them into the the new album why did you feel that you had to re-record some of these songs now just speaking as as a fan i loved some of those songs and they're still really good like hold me like you wanna you just released but you can hear the difference in the guitar if is there a certain reason why you re-released or re-recorded some of these songs so we came into this album with the idea that we weren't going to do that. And I think as it developed, it it was quite clear that we kept going back to the same aesthetic that we had in 20 something that 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 um I guess the same influences like the the, the mix of eighties and then and then a kind of two thousands um uh indie rock scene as well that that you know was kind of the foundation of, of my my taste in music, but but maybe I wouldn't, you know not something I'd listen to as much anymore, but, but hugely foundational nonetheless. Um, so it, it then became clear that there was something there that was incomplete, I guess. And, and, uh, 
and we we explored that more but not through the lens of like we need to write it more like this but more so just the the same kind of ideas kept coming back and uh and also i think that those two songs homie like you want and we start a war where they kind of put us on the map and got and tied us through a tough time at least you know digitally we didn't put anything out in physical form so it felt like they deserved to to be coming out on our first record as well and that's why i guess they say it's kind of like a second album in the sense that the rest of them are there but also that there's the three that that um have have done quite a lot for us and are, are kind of quintessential in our in our set list now and and we just couldn't play a new set and not have them in there you know tell us about bim so just for anybody who doesn't know bim is the british and irish modern music institute uh yeah. which sounds like a pretty big deal we we've we've had a good google of it as well in the meantime and uh it's it's supposed to be one of these like leading largest providers of like contemporary music education um so first of all like why did you feel that bim was the right place for you is that where you went to straight from school uh and like what did you what did you feel you got out of it so originally it was the uh it was the brighton institute of modern music and then the word the letters just worked so well that they changed it because it's dublin came so it became the brighton and uh, british and irish modern music and then they institute but they leave that out um interesting fact but um <laughs> The yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I I needed I needed some time to figure out what I was doing more so than I felt the calling to do music. It was more so, um, my my you know my dad. I remember trying to get me to go into doing engineering, and I I didn't really want to I didn't really want to do it. But um, yeah, so I I kind of just fell into fell into music more so than anything else, and um, it did give me the time, and I met some some really cool people along the way. Um, it was a really competitive year as well. It was tons of tons of artists that that you'd even know now that that um that were in there. So it was just quite a vibrant creative space. But also, I think that at the time, I'm not sure if there was a little bit of prestige or whether it was just all in my head. Um, not either reflect well on me. But uh, I think there was a sense that if you were there, it was enough. And I just didn't do enough when I was there. And I think the people that did do a lot, um. You know, it was more so. It wasn't what they taught you in class, you know, because how do you teach songwriting? Um, so it's it's nothing about the the way. Yeah, I mean, it's just a really tough thing to do. So so you really need to to do all the extracurricular stuff. It's about networking. It's about who you meet. It's it's that kind of thing. And and uh, and you're there for four years. I think in the UK it's only three, but I think they they um they have it at four in Ireland for whatever reason. So by the end of it, you know you come out and and there is this kind of feeling like okay well what now and um it's this kind of the whole time is quite competitive in there and i think everyone's kind of going around like okay well we can't all possibly make it <laughs> you're all winners <laughs> yeah, either, either you know i'm the only sane one or everyone's losing <laughs> it's like the hunger yeah. games you're like looking exactly. at each other being like who's going to be left standing yeah um so uh, but no, it was a really like a positive place, and you know, I'm sure you know the Fontaines were in there, and uh, the academic were in there, all both of my year, and um, so a really um, a really interesting, you know, a really interesting year to be in, and uh, yeah, I, I, it was, it was exactly what I needed at the time, and no doubt about it, and um, and I, I've definitely become a better musician from it. Um, I should be better, but but sadly I'm not, and that's why I have a band. 
Oh my God, stop. William, You're far stop. too modest. <laughs> but come here, to get into it though, just like, is it a like is it a, hard, a grueling process to get into it? Like, do you have to audition or is it apply and you just get an interview or something? It's, I wouldn't say it's grueling though. No. You have an audition and then they add up your, so the audition is out of 600 or whatever as well. And then they add up your points and your audition and you have to get a total of, I don't know how much it is, but but a certain amount to get in. So it's it's also based on your academics. Um, so uh, so it's fairly fair, I think, in terms of how, how, how you get in there. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a couple of years since I've been there, so maybe it's changed. Yeah. And the like, what about the uh, the whole idea for somebody's child? Was that born while you were in BIM? Yeah, it was born as a as a project. So I, I used to do the Dublin kind of gig scene, and actually spent three weeks out in EOS playing like covers and stuff. And then I came back, and I was like, I don't want to do that, and I I just want to write write and um, sing my own music. And but then you get so many people just kind of telling you what to sing, and you know requests and all that stuff. And there's only so much so many times you can sing Mr. Brightside, you know, to, to drum people. And um, yeah, I kind of had enough of that. And I um, I just wanted to do songwriting. So Somebody's Child was essentially uh, kind of anonymous um, pseudonym that I, I would use to to write music for, for other people. Um, and that's how it started. And and so I got a I got a manager pretty early on, which which is very lucky. Um, and we just released our first song and the reason behind releasing it was because I guess he, he had a part to play in that, but also um, I realized quite quickly that if you don't have a name for yourself, it's very hard to make any sort of impact in, in a new industry. So it, it seemed like the logical thing to do. And then I got a band behind me, which, which gave me the confidence to kind of start performing and, and, um, and then, you know, kind of fell in love with that side of things as well. And um, yeah, here we are now. It's weird, you know, to think back it was like 16 months it all felt so fresh before covid hit mm. and now it's like three and a half four years or something since we've been together which is mental um but uh yeah it's been it's been really enjoyable and as as you know taken up most of my 20s now so um big big year ahead yeah well listen i totally understand why you would have gone that you know root at the start by having that anonymity I really do um but I'm sure you're glad now that you did like come out and just take all that credit because god like you deserve all the credit you know I remember when I first saw your name I was like I think I wrote I don't know whether I wrote for you and I was like his name is Kean Godfrey his name is Kean Godfrey <laughs> I was like I found him <laughs> so I'm glad I'm glad you took that step and and, and revealed yourself so you're, you're, you've been following for a while then, I take it, because <laughs> that, that old facade of a face reveal was a joke. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, I think it was that I, I was kind of like yeah, hiding my face and not really knowing what to do. And and then I remember just having to think about like what the next steps were in that sense. And and um, I think it created a bit of like a mystique, which was not the point. I think the point was to, to get away from the whole kind of vanity and having to be front facing and branding and all that kind of stuff and and then people started focusing on you know why are you doing that you know and what's with the no face thing and blah 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 so I think it probably served a purpose in hindsight but not the purpose I was trying to achieve um but nonetheless anyways I remember somebody saying look uh if you if you you know want to be the songwriter and, and you believe in your lyrics and you want to make a connection with people you you have to be able to stand behind that as well, you know, which 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 rings true. 
So um, I'm glad to be able to share that experience now. But I don't, I don't, uh, I do it because I I love doing it, not because I want to, I want the credit for it. You know, if I could leave the fame, I would. Not that I'm famous, just to cut in. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, but you obviously you are obviously very modest, and that's obviously where the the you know the desire for the anonymity came from. And as you said, it started with a purpose. It ended up not serving the purpose that you wanted. And so you took the next step. So I, I, I don't think you should, like, you shouldn't have any regrets about it. I think the way it all worked out is, is class. Keen, can I ask how you met the ba- your band? Are, like, were they in BIM as well? Or did you know them from previous experiences? Or, or how did you all meet? Yeah, there was a couple of were in BIM. One of them was working with a friend of mine who was recording drums on one of my demo sessions back in the day he used to do sound engineering and then um so yeah it was literally just a, a few people that i i thought would would um would say yes you know and uh thank god they did but but yeah it's one of those it's really lucky because i mean it's so easy for you to pick the wrong people and it's so easy for two people in a group of five when it's so intimate to clash as well so um it's it's great that 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 has been the same the whole way through and and then Shay um was in another band that that my my former manager used to manage and and he um I think at the time they were kind of um on a hiatus and and he he decided to join to join uh, our band which was which was amazing for me because like the two other lads kind of were in, in jazz and and um uh yeah it was it wasn't it wasn't much like I didn't have to I wasn't able to share kind of things with them in the same way that I would be able to with him for 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 just because we're, we're we were from different backgrounds creatively you know and, and he kind of understood on on the kind of you know trying to make a punt of it you know it's with, with uh, he knew what festivals there were and that kind of thing and that all helped me figure out what was going on and stuff as well so um yeah we we, we met uh in you know various stages and 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 the band has evolved from from the beginning and now everyone asks you know is it is it a solo a- a- actor is it a is it a band and that was, my, that was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I no, it wasn't. To... We're better than that. Shh. <laughs> uh, I struggle to, to kind of describe it, but the, the way I do, which makes most people understand, is kind of Kevin Parker and Tame Impala. That that seems to make sense to people. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure what their setup is or whatever, but but you know they're definitely my band for for live and 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 um, that'll that'll always be the case. And then. Um, for for recording, you know, it's it's I get them involved as well. Like they're it's their parts. I like to make them, or they like to make it their own. Um, and then, yeah, for songs, like I I write by myself. I also write with Shay, and then you know the door's always open to to the other guys as well. So it's it's just one of those things where we all kind of fit into our own place based on our our personalities, and and uh, it's worked it's worked really well so far. So um, yeah. Just want to talk about like some of the achievements you've had recently. So, just to list them out, you've been on the Late Late Show twice. You've been on RT Two FM's Rise and Listen Twenty Twenty. You featured on numerous British radio stations, BBC One, uh, sorry, BBC Radio One, Radio X. Your Spotify monthly listeners are almost at three hundred fifty thousand monthly, which is amazing. Uh, you were recently featured on US uh, New Music Friday, so you seem to be just going from strength to strength, and it doesn't seem like the lockdown has hindered your success at all or has it? I would say it definitely had fast tense. Um, yeah, we didn't know what we were doing a year ago. You know, we only signed to French Kiss 
next month. So about a month's time last year, um, a year to the day pretty much uh, before our album was out. Um, and there's a huge amount of, of not knowing what's going on in, in that. I think we had 14 festivals the summer of 2020 because I think the some for whatever reason word just got around in the industry and um we we had a good agent and and um Steve Strange who who sadly passed away during lockdown as well and and I think we 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 don't even have that plan for this year with an album coming out and most of the live music industry is like where's the album so um it was it was a, a bit of a dampener you know and and the music industry is so futile that if if you don't have like a fan base and you're pretty much just riding on on hype it won't um yeah, it won't, it won't probably last through a pandemic, you know, because you don't have those people to fall back on. So you're kind of just standing on a glass floor. Um, but but through the pandemic, we thankfully have, have managed to survive and and, uh, and put music out throughout and and uh, slowly grow that, that, that fan base up. And um, thankfully, we're at a point now where we can release our debut album. Um, it probably otherwise would have would have been out, you know, a year ago, but I don't think it would have been as strong. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's been uh it's been a it's been a rough ride, but but um it's been it's been so enjoyable as well. You know, it's just the nature of the business. So often related to sport, you know, it's like you have have a certain amount of time for it to for it to you know really make it make a go at it. And um, I'm trying to make a comparison with injuries, but I can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, look, like even after the pandemic, you seem to be gigging since the day it was over like you've been playing you've been gigging all over ireland um from late 2021 2022 i was fortunate enough to see you in dolan's and limerick in the roisin dove and galway um in independence uh just last summer in cork um can you tell us like some of the highlights from any of the the venues you've had and and how it felt to play to people again and have that that bigger fan base um yeah, I mean, the whole thing is just being kind of, I think I'm getting more comfortable. I was always quite comfortable, but I'm getting more comfortable playing now. And you can tell the ones that are important to you by how nervous you are beforehand. And um, they've all been quite quite significant because it's the next step in each city or it's the next step up. I mean, we definitely, we supported, I think it was Codeline in St. Anne's Park in 2019. That was definitely a big step at the time. And the three arena then just before uh, lockdown, which is amazing to to be able to say that it was your last gig. It was in the three arena for like two years, um, and then yeah, festivals and stuff, Reading and Leeds and and various other ones. But I guess the hometown show in Dublin was a was a big one for us, and and uh, we saw that in London as well, which is nice to know that it doesn't it translates elsewhere as well, you know. Um, so it's just kind of been going from from strength to strength, um, and then in terms of interactions obviously yourself brain that's number one but uh, <laughs> oh you uh, but you then, say that to everybody keen <laughs> um no, there was a there was a, uh someone in uh in manchester that um i'm not sure if he was uh i'm not sure if he must have been a little drunk or whatever but he kept on shouting his name at me <laughs> i didn't know what to do with that information his honestly. own name <laughs> His own name at me. At him. I don't know whether he wanted me to say his name or, or something. Um, it was Dermot Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That was a that was a strange. One. Please tell me you you said it back into the microphone at him now or your name back at him. I remember just looking at the lads, you know, like, what am I doing? Like, what are they doing? 
it's a small club as well like like, like yeah God, and just, sorry, not to interrupt here, I just want to say, like, wh- when you were in the three arena, were you, what was that part of? That was before that was, Christmas, of, that was like 2019, was it? You were supporting Kaiser Chiefs, weren't you? Uh, no, we sold it out, it was just us. No. Oh my God, that's unreal, because were you, like, I saw He's you. joking. In, uh, I, I was like, whoa, how did we miss this on Google? I was like, <laughs> Jesus. Excuse me. You conned me. Supporting the Kaiser Chiefs, and we were supporting Razor Light. Uh, so it was the two of them on a kind of double header bill, and um, I was there. Were you there as well? No way. I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a funny one because I think they were in dispute with one another. Don't know why. That's just a word that I heard because we didn't know whether it was going to happen until the day of, and all we wanted to do was play the three arena, obviously. Um, and um, I sorry, I still can't get over you thought that we. You no, I, no, listen, I just want to say I, I wasn't shocked and also I'm extremely gullible. Amazing. Like I'm very naive. If you tell me something, I'm gonna be like, really? Anyway. Um yeah, so basically we didn't know whether it was gonna happen. So what happened was we had the tiniest sliver of stage at the t- at the front because they just wanted more stage space between them. And uh so we were essentially like on a balcony performing. But um but yeah, it was the first time playing the, the three arena, so it was um yeah an amazing amazing thing to do. Yeah, can can I ask as well because obviously you've played three arena, but we've we've kind of uh, read that your favorite venue would be the Olympia. So is there any significance to the Olympia over say the biggest venue in Ireland, which would be the three arena? I just so it's just so intimate, and the stage sound is amazing, and the view from it is much more. I mean, you don't know what you're looking at when people are tiny, you know. Um, there's just a sense of there's a there's much less connection there, and I'm sure if it's if it's your gig, you know, and you're you're in the three arena, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be even more special. But um, yeah, the, the Olympia is just uh, it's one of those ones you love to go to, you love to play. It's it's just a yeah, it's just a great venue. Yeah, I it'd be up there with one of my favorite venues as well. I'm still yet to get on the side for oh, the, for, I got that once. I got for that the once. for the special people. And um, yeah. who do who did you see when you were up at the side, the balcony? I saw Ramesh Ranganathan, the comedian. MCD sorted me out with tickets, and and uh, and I and they just put me up on that thing, and I was like, I cannot believe I'm here. This is like what you used to look up when you were a kid. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. how did they get tickets? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so MCD, for listening, uh, please sort us out with tickets. Thank you. <laughs> um, look, you you've actually mentioned as well, like you've you've um supported Rays like Kaiser Chiefs Code Line, you've. Uh, sport of Prime and Scream, the Coronas, just to name a few. How does it feel now to be headlining your very own tour? Is it surreal, or are you thinking it's about fucking time? <laughs> a bit of both, yeah. No, um, yeah. I mean, we, yeah, exactly. It's it, it is a bit of both. It is surreal in the fact that because you have certain you know things that you want to achieve and and all, and because of COVID, you know things have been put on hold. So it is about time. But uh, what is so impressive is the amount of sales that 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 we're doing now and most of the UK, if not all the UK is going to be sold out by next month, which is incredible. We didn't realize that that was going to happen and, and things have obviously just picked up because, because of the album and, you know, you never know what, what people are going to take, are going to make of it. You know, it looks like most, most of the, most of the dates are going to sell out anyways with, with, uh, with some time. So it's, it's amazing to think that people are, are still that behind the music and, and that things are progressing in the right way and, and that there's still connection being made with people. 
and which is ultimately what 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 we do it for you know because if you're just riding yourself i mean that's what i do it for it's it's a therapy but i don't do this as a career for myself you know i do this to be able to you know travel and meet new people and 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 um experience really highs like big highs with them in, in 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 small rooms for now but um yeah well don't get used to it because they will be getting bigger and just get used to them being so low because you're an incredibly talented artist and a band. So um, I just want to talk as well about your, again, the upcoming tour. You've got some US dates uh, lined up as well, like in Austin, New York, Boston. Is there a reason that you're going to America? Do you have a strong fan base in those locations or what made you pick America? So we got we got picked for Set by Set West, which is a big uh, showcase festival over there. It also does comedy and film. So what a lot of people do on the back of that is... is uh, you know, once you're over there, you might as well do a couple of dates. And obviously we have, we have our label in America now as well. And as you mentioned, we kind of have been getting some support on, on Spotify and stuff from America, which is great. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's, I guess, just, just another step for us to, to be able to take. And, um, you know, whose dream is it? Whose, whose dream isn't it for, to, to play America? You know, I said that really wonky, but. Um, is that, is that, is that the dream to break America? Not necessarily to break, but just to tour America, I think is, you know, it's, it's one of those things you, you used to used to see in movies as a kid. And it's one of those um, it's one of those things that's superficial, but but still holds true, you know, for, for musicians. I could just sit here and just listen all day to, to, to you, honestly. Um, the, the reason why it is hilarious and mortifying that I thought you, you know, <laughs> tricked me into thinking you headlined the three arena is because like. I actually was like, I could well believe that because I saw you in like Ireland Music Week of 2019 and we were in the Lost Society, I think. And I remember just, it was one of my first times to go and do uh, a, like, a, like a gig review. And I was like, Jesus, they're all like this. I was like, I could do this every, like I could do this constantly. Um, but I was so impressed and you stuck in my mind and like I continued listening to you all the way through anything that you released through the pandemic. So yeah. I'm embarrassed and yet I'm, I'm I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry that I thought you had like three arena because I was like, I can't believe we missed that. But like, I'm also going to believe what he's saying. <laughs> we we want to move on to a little game that we like to play. It's called Serious or Thilly. So I don't know if you've heard it before, but um, it's it's award nominated game. Uh, in this game, it's all out of three arena. In the IMROs, we got the best game. Uh, so yeah, in this game, you have to answer three questions. You got to pick whether they're serious or silly. So basically, you have to like pick one of each first, and then the last one is the last one of your choice. All right. So do you want to start with a silly question or a serious question? It's like truth or dare. I'll go with um serious. Lovely. Everybody's <laughs> different. Everybody's different. Okay. So the first serious question. We'll keep it simple. When is the last time that you tried something completely new? Outside of music, nothing to do with music, or maybe it is to do with music. I'm so bad at being put on the spot. Uh, <laughs> when was the last time I tried something completely new? I, I'm just thinking about food right now. Um, <laughs> Go on, if it's a new a new cuisine, when did you when did you put yourself out there with food? <laughs> I was thinking of the the drifting perhaps because you've never done that before. No, drifting is a good one. Thank you, Brian. Thanks yeah, no so problem, much. no problem. Safe. <laughs> I'm bringing you bailed about, <laughs> and I will do it again. <laughs> yeah, that is that is definitely the best answer, and I should have thought of that. Just just ask me instead. Just ask me instead. I'll answer you. Again. You you can go. You can go. He knows me better than myself. 
since you've answered a series, you now have to answer a silly question. So I'll take this one. If you were a professional wrestler in the WWE, what would your name and character be? And would you wear a mask since you love the anonymity? Ooh, that rhymed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would wear a mask. Um, Gustavo Spring would be my name. <laughs> Gustavo what? Spring. <laughs> what does that mean? No idea. <laughs> what would you look like? Talk us through colours and costume. I would look like a, I would look like a waterfall. Ooh. And my team tune would be that song from the beach. Oh, class. <laughs> oh, class. You now need to record that song and send us to send it to us. <laughs> oh, God. So that's fair. So you've answered a serious and you've answered a silly. So you get to pick whether your third question is serious or silly. I'll go with uh, serious again. Oh, OK. I'll take this one. So, what is the most sensible thing you've ever heard someone say? I'm really bad at remembering these things, but a motto, I guess, that I like to live by to an extent is that the best side of life is on the other side of fear. Oh, that's a really good one. I like that. Staying out of your comfort zone. I like that. I probably don't consciously live by that, but I feel like anytime I've ever, anytime I've ever done something great, I've always looked back and been like, geez, I was terrified to try that, but... Yeah, that's worth it. That's how you do things and that's how you get places and meet people. So yeah, I love that. Well, that's how we got here. So yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that was our conversation with Keen of Somebody's Child. We were actually so fortunate to catch him while we did. Uh, in fact, he was abroad doing a whole weekend of gigs and we were really, really fortunate that he was able to take the time to sit down and chat with us uh, one evening. But I suppose the the flip side of the coin was... That's that. <laughs> What? The flip side. Oh, the flip side. The flip side <laughs> of the coin was that due to the circumstances, he actually had no equipment, no instruments with him to take part in our infamous self-expression <laughs> session. Um, so as a, a compromise, uh, I suppose we're kind of improvising here, Breen. Yeah, I think we still need to give the loyal fan base something to uh to listen to for, oh, for sure. self-expression session and because this is the last episode of this series uh we were kind of spitballing before the interview and thinking of what what should we do so i think we should do our own self-expression session <laughs> we're gonna take one for the team and we are gonna be your self-expressioners this week <laughs> yeah i think uh i think what we might do is like i have thought of a jingle right well it was kind of an ad years ago so i was i know we talked about this before but i think what we should do is like you don't know what i what what jingle i have no prepared and we were thinking okay will we do one together and just send it out but I think we kind of nearly need to go up against each other here yeah so like I, I have one and I I think you were saying that you might have one in your head as well I do so maybe, maybe what we might do is we might go a cappella. like neither of us are singers well you're you're you've a good voice I, I'm I'm terrible I'm not a singer I'm not, I'm, I'm not confident in this moment I'm not a singer I'm a performer I can perform but I cannot sing uh, <laughs> <laughs> so 
I think what we should do is we should go we should go acapella, one v one. We'll use you, you sing your one, I'll sing my one. And we'll put it to a vote to the listeners <laughs> if this episode is released. We're we're gonna take a a violent poll of who <laughs> of who is better in this scenario. Well, hold on, who is better or who is more silly? Um, I don't know, just general overall betterness. Because I'm not taking this seriously. I won't have it. I won't have it. <laughs> <laughs> you're a different person. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, Breen. Whenever you're ready. No, ladies first. No. This is my wedding present to you. You can go first. <laughs> this is what I want to do. <laughs> In your own time. You've completely sprung that on me. I have, I have. So what we're going to do, I don't know what you're going to sing. So I'm going to give you your own time and sing. So I'm going to try and hold back any comments I have until the end. And then I'll go. So whenever you're ready. Well, all I can say is you are a beep. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, I'm taking it away here. <laughs> hey, this was really fun. We hoped you liked it too. Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Because now it's time to go. <laughs> but hey, I say, well, that's okay. Because we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon I know. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you made me go first. Why? That was class. Bear the people house, yeah? Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, I personally enjoyed it, but I really, I really would love to add guitar to that. (laughs) But it's it's just, I don't know, there's something just about acapella that just makes it like, ah, yeah. That, that was fun because it's Kumbaya, like if you... <laughs> Cause if, if you had guitar it's like no she's trying she's trying too hard that's not good I like trying <laughs> I'm raging I'm like I'm actually like Keen here now from somebody's child I'm actually like Keen I genuinely left my guitar in school so I'm, I'm actually raging <laughs> you have a big tour of school coming up to you <laughs> I'm abroad the whole weekend yeah <laughs> right, go on oh no I'm okay so we'll just do your one. And... <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so this is a very popular ad back in the day. I'm sure everyone will, will know it, especially if you're a 90s baby, you'll know it. So apologies, but I'm going to do it in the form of the accent that was saying also. <laughs> so <laughs> you'll, you're going to know it straight away. So give me a second, I'll get into character. <clears throat> Can't wait for this. Dayo. Dayo. Got to have a bowl of Kellogg's fruit and fiber. Breakfast come and me want some fun. Hey, Mr. Kellogg man, give me your banana. Breakfast come and me want some fun. Coconut, hazelnut, fruit, Nirvana. Breakfast come and me got some fun. <laughs> Oh my god, is that the the, the fruit lady? The, yeah. What's the name of the, the fruit? Is it uh, It's Kellogg's. It's the cereal, fruit and fiber cereal. It was in the fucking song, Maria. Yeah, no, but there's but the fruit the lady with the bowl on her head. No, the, you're thinking of um you're thinking of the bananas. Yeah, Chiquita. Chiquita no. banana. No, that's not uh. it. It's Kellogg's, you idiot. <laughs> But I know that it was Kellogg's. I'm just saying I thought the original one was from the, the fruit one. No, no, you're, you're stupid. No, no, no. Okay. 
<laughs> so uh, we 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 are we are extremely sorry for <laughs> anyone that had to listen to that. But hey, if you can't laugh yourself, who can you laugh at? So well, other well, other people, I suppose. You can so. have other people. <laughs> and always point, always point. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed our episode uh, with Keen from Somebody's Child. If you'd like to know more about Keen, you can find him on Instagram at Somebody's Child Artist, or you can find his music on Spotify or wherever you find your tunes. And if you'd like to know more about us, you can follow us on Instagram at Off the Charts Podcast. And if you want to listen back to any of our episodes, we can be found on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts under Off the Charts. We'd also really appreciate it if you would like, rate and share our podcast with any friends or family. So yeah, number 10, Rishi Shanak's den is done. <laughs> Miggle, Miggle Higgins' den is done. Uh, speaking of the den, do you know what I really love? You know that video on YouTube, Kevin from Galway? I'd love to watch Kevin from Galway in this very where moment. Did he, where did he get his shades? <laughs> He got them from a fella called Bono. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll be steeped in just Irish folklore for, oh, for years. So just absolutely amazing. I just love the way he's like, uh, it's a, it's, I'll give you a clue. It's as safe as a, as safe as a, ha, a, ha, a hatter. All right, let's debunk at the bikes. Yeah, we just spoke at the bikes. This is too ridiculous. <laughs> oh, oh I love yeah. it. So that brings to a close another series or installment of episodes. I'm I'm very proud of us, Maria. Well, not Me about too. the not about our self-expression session, but about everything else. No, I'm I'm mortified and ashamed of our self-expression <laughs> session. However, the uh, yeah, get another five episodes done, and with such talent in Ireland, it's it's actually it's actually amazing. It feels good. It feels good. It does. It does. Yeah. And we'd like to thank absolutely everyone for liking our page, sharing, commenting, rating, just supporting us any way they can. We really do appreciate it. And we will be back sooner than the last time. We will try and sure. get back as soon as we can. Life got in the way. Life won't get in the way anymore because Maria's going to be married and boring and... <laughs> Yeah, weddings, we'll nothing else marriage, it's just, it's all gotten in the way of my dreams, to be honest, you know, <laughs> don't even know what the point is anymore. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, stay with us and uh, we will catch you on the next installment. Take care now. Bye bye. <laughs>